Welcome to Day Zero Update for March 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Chris Aluki. I'm Brandon Perkin. And I'm Janet Victoria. And yeah, this has been uh, a pretty busy week here. Uh, the yeah. Xbox Indie Showcase happened with a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a bunch of, let's see, some release date stuff. Rocket League has a couple announcements here. Uh, we got a major delay of a game. Yeah. Uh, a couple of few new uh, announcements here, uh, some industry news, and uh, yeah, a big news uh, involving potentially uh, some of the older storefronts that Sony is running. Mm-hmm. So we'll get that stuff here in a little bit, but before we do that, we'll be talking about what we've been playing. I will start. Uh, been playing Ratchet and Clank Going Commando. I finished Ratchet and Clank mm-hmm. on Friday stream and uh, been streaming Going Commando the past two days. And that that game is a big step up from the original game. Uh, mm-hmm. Just much better control-wise. Yeah. Uh, better design-wise. I think a lot of the, the nice stuff around this game is that they kind of just learned a lot from that first game. Yeah. Uh, even the moments where they throw in side stuff like... Uh, like racing mm-hmm. uh, missions there. There's gladiatorial missions. There's uh, space combat missions. Stuff like that that's control a lot better than they did in the original game. A lot mm-hmm. easier to pick up initially. That kind of stuff. The the space combat stuff still maybe isn't necessarily great the way I would like it, but uh, it works well enough. And the uh, the game itself just benefits a lot from a lot of that stuff, uh, yeah. especially when they don't just strip you of all the sort of upgrades and such that you got from the first game uh, to have you kind of start to... I can also guarantee you that, that that final boss is not nearly as infuriating as the one from the first game is. Yeah. Yeah, I've beaten it, so... And I don't remember the boss, so that means it wasn't terrible like the first, first game's boss. <laughs> so... There's that, uh, but yeah, make, making some good progress there, though I might end up doing some grinding off stream because there's, they don't hesitate to throw uh, items in the shop that are fairly high uh, compared mm-hmm. to the original game. That uh, they throw a lot of ways for you to grind for that stuff, like extra combat missions or space combat stuff for the races. I think there's extra stuff for that. Yeah, and there's also one of the the desert map that you get to. It's kind of like, oh, I need ten of these crystals. You meet this hippie dude that is going to fix your ship. Uh, he's like, oh, give me ten of these crystals. Just this whole area outside of this small town is just wide open with a bunch of these crystals and enemies to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, some big dudes too. So uh, you get those ten. It's like, oh, there's you know, like ninety more of these out there you can go do like they give you like a thousand yeah. bolts for each one you get so uh, i might end up just going through there and just running around beating up that stuff uh, and i'd forgotten how sh- short the is for these weapons because i think it's just the one level uh for this game and i think if you go through the second time the uh whatever the challenge mode i think it's called i think you can get some more levels you can grind for that Mm-hmm. But the first one is pretty fast. 
Uh, the yeah. sniper rifle I got, I probably didn't have to kill more than like 30 or 40 enemies with it mm -hmm. uh, before it just maxed out. Uh, it does give you some extra weapons if from the first game, if you have a save from that, which mm -hmm. I do. So they gave me those for free. Mm. Like the only one I did have was the Rhino, which is like a million bolts, which is like, yeah, I don't need it. Uh, it's a nice <laughs> weapon to have, but you know you can get through the game perfectly fine. But they have a bunch of new weapons. Those old ones don't have any levels to them, so you can't grind with them at all. Which is annoying after mm -hmm. I got them because they give you like half the ammo, and so a bunch of the crates I was getting early on were just, hey, here's ammo for that stuff. You're not going to use. Yeah. Like, oh great. Can't wait for this to be full so I can just get stuff for the ones I'm using. But yeah, then there's the the guy that installs like the the black market mods. Which for like mm -hmm. the the main pistol you have is kind of a, a lock on for it. That also tells yeah. you how much health the enemy has. So you mm -hmm. kind of see that. Uh some neat stuff there. So it's definitely like a much more fleshed out game than the the first one was. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a breath of fresh air after the first one kind of wore out its welcome by the last few stages. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, which, even though it's only like 10 hours, it's, it's a, a long 10 hours, it feels like. Yeah, it feels a lot longer than uh, yeah. you would think it would. Yeah, I haven't had too many trouble with... Uh, too much trouble with the checkpoints so there's the stage i stopped on today was the one where that wasn't maybe the as well done as the others because uh, yeah. it's the the one where you're on top of these uh water areas it's kind of lots of robots mercenaries that yeah. are around. yeah yeah so uh, i had to go they're really good at shooting memory yeah but i remember i remember them and they were they're really good at shooting if you're not paying attention. Yeah. Uh, and they also shoot like bright yellow shots that you're often over uh, on platforms that are white. It could be mm -hmm. easy to lose them. Yep. Uh, and I was trying to grind with the uh, the mini turret gun, which it's not the greatest weapon. It's doesn't have much durability to it and all that. And sometimes uh there have been plenty of times where I thought I threw something and didn't. Uh, so that's yeah. maybe one of the issues I have. Is So, yeah, going to keep playing that. Maybe do some grinding off off stream. So I have uh, more time to make actual progress than just beating my head into the my desk here. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Also been playing Immortals Phoenix Rising. I got the bundle that's that? on sale on... On uh, PSN, that's like sixty bucks for that and Valhalla uh, together. Yeah. So I was like, I was going to pay thirty bucks for each of those games, and this <laughs> gives me the time. I don't have to wait for each one to go on sale individually. So I was like, all right, I'll jump on this. Uh, I got both of them installed, uh, but I played Immortals: Phoenix Rising first, uh, which has been pretty good so far. Uh, the story yeah. stuff is interesting. Uh, they basically do a Princess Bride kind of thing, but with uh, Zeus and Prometheus are kind of narrating the story as you're going along. Yeah. Uh, and occasionally they pull like, oh, we'll be nice to Phoenix here. Mm -hmm. And then Zeus like, no, give her the, like, 
like they shrink a uh, uh, Cyclops boss that you're going to mm. fight. So they go, oh, he's a buddy, he's a little tiny buddy, he's going to help you out. Oh. So he's like, no, make him big again. And he makes him big in the story. So you got to fight him for oh. real. Uh, stuff like that. So there's a lot of jokes and weird stuff uh, to it. So I think, I forget who was the the Greek figures I was looking at. I think it was Hera. Mm. I think the Hera and whoever her husband was, they had like 10,000 kids and Zeus is like, oh, that's too many kids. I only have 54. And that's about right. Uh, kind of thing, like mm-hmm. making jokes about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's got, it's got a lot more comedy to it. Not necessarily in terms of the, the story or anything, though there's some funny moments there, but the, it's a lot of it's the, the way they present the story stuff and the mm-hmm. way the characters are kind of jokey about things. Cause I meet met Hermes, uh, who yeah. you don't know as much as such that he is, that is who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just like this guy that shows up and steals her bracers. I think <laughs> that you get, uh, yeah. but I figured out who it was. Cause the trophy I got that mentions that it's Hermes, before they mm-hmm. tell you in the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, the combat's pretty good so far. Uh, still kind of getting the hang of it, but it's kind of Dark Souls style with R1, R2 for your mm. uh, kind of your sword attack and your axe attack, which is like your heavy attack kind of thing. Mm. You got uh, dodges, parries, all that kind of stuff. Uh, mm. Some still in the process of like upgrading stuff. So I just got to the, the hall of the gods, which is where you can kind of go do all your upgrades and you can change the look of Phoenix if you want uh, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. So still kind of digging into some of that stuff. And that's where they kind of inject some of the, the live game stuff to it. So you have the, these like live challenges that are like, God for this week, you got to do, you know, these three things. And there's like a vert, uh, like a temple, like challenge room, you got to go through. Which one I picked a pretty late game because it had a bunch of stat uh, stamina bars on it. Uh, then there mm-hmm. was uh, all the abilities, I think. So I got to it and I was like, "What do I do? I don't know how." I thought I had to shoot the the bow through this thing because there's like a bunch of laser grids, and I was like, "Oh, you do this dash thing with your shield, and that gets you through these." Uh, laser grids and it's a lot of stuff like that but it's like oh you beat it in like a minute 50 or 230 i think are the the top two goals uh and the bronze reward is just finish it it took me like 13 minutes because i hadn't played it very much so this is like high level challenge stuff it was asking me to do uh so Mm. yeah that's been pretty good so far it definitely feels like if you send it off some of the RPG stuff from uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So there's no like mm-hmm. gear that's dropping. Uh, you do find uh, stuff in uh, chess that are kind of just, this adds this bonus. You know, it's the, the bonus that, that it adds to the thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, when you're, you know, when you're full, you do 30% more damage with the sword or 30% damage mm-hmm. with the, the X kind of thing. Mm. So you're kind of laying it out the, how the 
way you wanted to give you bonuses for different parts of your combat or whatever. So it's kind of neat. And then yeah. you go into the Hall of the Gods and you can upgrade the specific uh, parts of your uh, equipment further. So you can upgrade your bow or your sword, axe, uh, helmet, or your armor itself. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the various crystals and such you get throughout the game. Yep. So yeah, yeah. it's um, pretty neat. Mortal's Phoenix Rising is like out of the uh, big Ubisoft 3 that came out last holiday. It was probably the one that I put the most time in. I think I had around like six to nine hours on there. And I really enjoyed mm-hmm. a lot of what it offered. Uh, the main reason why I stopped was because I uh, I came across this flying boss that would always mm-hmm. beat the shit out of me. And then whenever I'd respawn, I'd always end up right next to that boss again. And it was like hard to really escape. So I don't know if that's like a bug problem that needed to be fixed, but like, yeah, it was, a, it was pretty dreadful. But like, aside from that, I, I, I had a lot of fun with uh, a lot of the game. Like Chris mentioned all the RPG mechanics that they get from Assassin's Creed. They also have a bit yeah. of their combat from Assassin's Creed as well, you know, using the shoulder buttons as a way to attack and things like that. And then as far as the comparison to Breath of the Wild, like, this is a game where you can climb almost everything you see. You have the stamina bar for mm-hmm. pretty much everything that you do. And there's also a lot of um, shrine parts that uh, uh, allow you to upgrade like uh, various items in your repertoire. And yeah. the, mm-hmm. the, the, the shrines that they had were pretty cool, but in my opinion, um, they felt uh, a little long-toothed and like just, just longer than they had to be. Because a lot of what made the Breath of the Wild shrine so good is that the fact that um, some were long, some were short, and there was a good variety between the two of finding a happy medium. Yeah. Whereas with this one, most of them only had like one way to solve them, and it just made things like you know, kind of long-winded. But yeah, it's it's a fun game, and at thirty bucks, it's an easy recommendation. I've also seen it drop to twenty bucks pretty frequently throughout the last few months, so definitely keep an eye yeah. on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Breath of the Wild shrines are kind of all came off of we had this one idea for a puzzle. Or one mm-hmm. idea for a combat challenge and just build something around that. Or this is like, we have this idea and then we'll build like four, five, six parts uh, for yeah. you to go through and not really All right. make it like a brief thing because they have like a hidden chest in there somewhere. Cause that's like one of the, the live challenges for this week is uh, find five of these chests and these shrines kind of things it's like okay sure all right well that settles it uh i'm going to have to get this yeah yeah if valhalla is like a very kind of gloomy game at least in the way that Mm -hmm. the world looks uh this game is very much it's it's viking myth so it's you know it's it's norse myth so it's going to be gloomy by design (laughs) yeah uh and this is a lot more Sunshine and all that, uh, even with mm-hmm. some of the the stuff with the typhoon and all that. Uh, yeah, it's definitely got a bit more of a a cheery attitude to it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's been pretty fun. Also got the PS5 upgrade for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been playing some more of that, and I'm kind of at this weird point in Tony Hawk's One. Where I need a certain amount of goals done to unlock the one of the last couple stages, and so I'm just mm-hmm. banging my head against these challenges, uh, especially the one in the mall uh, to get 150,000 points. 
because uh, it's not uh, an easy game to rack up a ton of points there. There's a couple areas that you can go to that you can kind of have more like a half pipe kind of uh, run to it. So I'm kind of trying to do that and usually fuck it up somewhere at some point and annoy myself. Mm-hmm. Get to like 125, 130,000 points. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Wasted my time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks really nice. Runs well, all that kind of stuff. So it's a seems like a pretty good upgrade. Mm-hmm. But I think you can also be perfectly fine with the uh, the last gen version because I don't think it's a game that took too long to load any of the any of the maps. So yeah, take it or leave it. So that's been pretty much it for me. How about you, Brandon? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I have been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which I got this week. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's an Assassin's Creed game. So you kind of already know what you're getting into, but, um, I will definitely say, especially story-wise, this game is so superior to Odyssey. And I liked Odyssey a lot, but, um, cause basically, okay, so Odyssey was basically about, you know, ancient Greece. So, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is about a uh, Viking named Eivor. And Eivor was a... Well, in the game, Eivor is a member of a clan of Vikings known as the Raven Clan. And they are sort of in the middle with a blood feud with another clan called the Wolf Clan. And as this... uh, this rivalry is heating up, and it goes through, like, cycles. Um, Eivor's father was killed by Kyotve, who was the head of the Wolf Clan, um, after he surrendered uh, his weapon so that it would spare his family and the rest of his clan. Of course, Kyotve did no such thing. He ended up killing him and then slaughtered all those who couldn't escape, um, which makes him an oathbreaker. And... If you know anything about Viking culture, oath-breaking is like the worst thing that you can do. Because their society largely lived without a lot of, like, hard rule of law. It was mostly honor-based. And so if you break agreements like that, it's the worst taboo. Um, And eventually what happens is um, Harald the Great, who is the sort of king of—he's considered to be like one of the great kings of the Danes— he decides to call an all thing, which is where he gets all the heads and representatives of each clan to come together for a conference, basically. And he decides that he's going to um, make himself king of all Norway and unite all of the uh, clans under his rules so that it would bring an end to all of the inter interclan violence and bloodshed. And this pisses off uh, Eivor's brother Sigurd because Sigurd was going to be the um, the next uh, was the heir to the throne of the Raven Clan, but his father ends up, you know, giving him uh, ends up bending the knee to Harold. So he decides that he's going to go, and Eivor joins him, and they decide to go and start a colony in what in England. Um, and while they're there, they have to basically deal with, like, Saxons and, you know, 
you there you regularly like go a Viking and raid, you know, churches and settlements and stuff. It's just it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's basically the perfect Viking simulator. Um but um it's a lot yeah, it's definitely great. I love it. Um and uh, you know, I've also been playing Splatoon too as well because I'm you know, I'm doing that now. Uh fairly regularly, and I'm getting better at it. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing. So, Dan Reb, what about you? Yeah, it's been a crazy weekend as far as uh, video game releases. So, uh, first up, just to uh, talk about what I did on a Friday morning. I got up at uh, 7 a.m. because um, there were these uh, Animal Crossing uh, Cross Sanrio uh, Amiibo cards that give you a bunch of crossover items from uh, Hello Kitty and stuff. And... Uh, mm-hmm. That came out in my territory at 6 a.m., and I thought I set an alarm for 5.40, but I didn't. So I woke up at 7.10, and I thought it was too late. But as I was surfing the app, I saw that one of the uh, targets near me, or not really near me, it was, it's, it's 40 miles away. But uh, I went ahead and bought a pack there, and it actually worked out. Luckily, my friend was able to pick it up for me, so that was cool. I'm not going to be out of the woods with that one. And aside from that, you know, we've had releases for It Takes Two, uh, Monster Hunter Rise and um, Balan Wonderworld. And mm-hmm. um, Balan Wonderworld was a pre order that I wanted to cancel because uh, the demo was one of the worst demos I've ever played in my life, which really oh, sucks wow. because I'm a huge fan of uh, Yuji Naka's platformers. And if you've played the demo, you know why I, I canceled the pre order. It's, it's, it's that bad. And uh, yeah, I forgot to cancel the pre-order. But uh, to my credit, this was actually a buy-to-get-one-free purchase that I made in November. So it's not that bad. But yeah, uh, also the game hasn't arrived yet, so I'm not even going to talk about that. But um, anyway, to start, um, most of the weekend I've been playing It Takes Two. Uh, it's the latest game from uh, Joseph Farris' team. Um, and, you know, he, he made Brothers Tale of Two Sons a way out. Mm-hmm. Both of these games are games that I thoroughly enjoyed. And yeah. It Takes Two uh, is better than both of them tenfold. And so far, this is my game of the year. Um, oh, wow. So for those of you who haven't been following uh, with, following up with, with It Takes Two, uh, much like the other, the other two games, it's, it's a 100% cooperative game. In order to play it, you mm-hmm. need to play it with somebody with you. And you have the choice of playing with couch co-op or by uh, playing online. And if you choose to play online, the game does that you can send to another person and they'll be able to download um, a version of the game where they can play with you, uh, but you won't be able to uh, get trophies. So if you have mm-hmm. somebody with you, like, you know, you know, a, a, a loved one, someone in your family, and uh, they, they can log into it to, to your account and you can both get the trophies as you, as you play. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. this game is about um, a couple who is uh, going through a divorce and their kid, obviously, is uh, not um, feeling well about it. And she has these two dolls that she made uh, that pretty much represent both uh, her mom and dad. And she cries after hearing that they're going to they're gonna get divorced. And um, as she's crying, you know, we eventually uh, see that the parents do become those toys. And all of a sudden it becomes the borrowers because, you know, you're walking around a shed that like um, obviously looks one way as a grown adult. Uh, but, you know, when you're, a miniature size it's something else and it becomes a crazy platformer from there and mm. yeah so if you've played um a way out you're already familiar with um all the stuff that you can do cooperatively in the game and there was a whole lot of uh distractions too like one of the most uh 
one of the funniest things I did in the way out was, you know, I was in an uh, old folks home and then uh, there was a connect Four board there and we played connect Four for about 15 minutes. So there's a whole lot of that in um, it takes two, but uh, there's, there's a whole lot more as well. Like there's 25 mini games in the game that um, you can play just to waste time. And it's just interesting to see the way that you can interact with just about everything there is in the game. So, so far, like uh, the first boss you end up fighting is a vacuum cleaner. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. from there, it really kind of feels like Toy Story. But at the same time, um, this is a game that isn't necessarily for kids. Because when it, when it comes to killing the bosses, it gets incredibly violent. Like, this game is extremely colorful. Uh, it's something that you think kids might be into. But as soon as you get involved with these bosses, boy, let me tell you. Like, um, so, uh, not to really tell you too much about the game, because I, I don't want to re- reveal too much, but just to talk about why you're fighting the vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner uh, was, uh, was broken by the husband because he uh, uh, vacuumed up things he wasn't supposed to vacuum. And then the wife uh, said she'd fix it, but she never actually fixed it. She threw it in the shed and bought a new one. And uh, as a result, the vacuum ended up being mad at both the parents and fighting. So after you figure out how to fight the boss, how do you kill it? Uh, it's a... It ends up being a cutscene where you take the um, the vacuum cleaner's hose and then aim it at its eyes, and um, yeah, the vacuum cleaner sucks up its own eyes and it dies that way. And I'm like, wow, this is the reason why this is not an E for everyone rating because uh, they went a little yeah. too far with uh, a, a lot of the way that you you, you kill the bosses here. But aside from that, like this game has everything from um, Mario 3D World esque platforming. There's a uh, there's a bullet hell section. There's a fighting game section where you use the mom to fight like an, an, a, a squirrel. Um, there's uh, there's a Diablo esque uh, dungeon crawling uh, action RPG section. Um, there's the, 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 there's a Star Fox X, X section. And the, the the thing is like even though like the game like traverses different genres, the gameplay mm-hmm. is actually um, um, polished enough for it to feel like its own game like a lot of the, a lot of times um when you try to tr- when you try to like mess with different genres within a genre that isn't even your own it just feels sloppy but all of these feel extremely well made and it just makes the experience uh that much more awesome um i think i'm about a few hours left from finishing it but this is easily the most fun i've had since super mario odyssey and that's uh big for me because uh, you know odyssey was the most fun i've had this generation so yeah, it takes oh, yeah. two recommendation, especially at $40. And I'm not finished with it yet, but this is definitely the best game I've played all year. So, yeah. There are um, visually, that game, actually, there are parts of that game that really look like sort of like a love letter to Rare. Especially oh, that yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, the the book actually is one of the darkest and at the same time, like, um, most cheery characters there are in the game. Like the, the dialogue is extremely well written. And um, I'm not sure if the, the book is actually voiced by uh, Joseph Forrest himself. It, it, it kind of does sound like him. And he did voice one of the main characters in the last game. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, if it was him, but like the book is both annoying and like um, cheerful in a way where like donkey was in Shrek. So like, yeah. as far as those, um, you know, DreamWorks vibes and things like that, it, 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 it's definitely there. Um, as far as the, the rare um, comparison goes, I would say that as far as it's polished, because this game definitely does feel like, you know, um, it, it's been a love letter to all sorts of different genres, and that's um, really something I appreciate with it. So, yeah, uh, like I said, $40 game, budget title, um, EA Originals, um, 
awesome game, and I look forward to finishing it hopefully today or tomorrow. Um, I've also been playing a little bit of Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, I'm not the best Monster Hunter player in the world, so it took me like a, a few tries to finish a few of the missions, no matter how easy they were. So there's that. But so far, I'm really impressed with how the game performs, um, even on my launch edition Switch. Um, like I was afraid because uh, I, I have a bit of a fan problem with my Switch, and um, it's been humming as of late. But I haven't really seen um, anything bad with uh, with it so far. But I also did buy the uh, special mm. edition yesterday, and it's going to come tomorrow. So I look forward to that. But so far, like Monster Hunter looks good on Switch. Uh, obviously, it, it doesn't look as good as Monster Hunter World on PS4 or Xbox uh, One, but um, it definitely does. Uh, it, it, it doesn't look bad, is, is what I should say. And um, it, it performs well. And like, you know, as anybody uh, who plays Monster Hunter will tell you, all you really have to do is get used to the controls and understand like what makes the game what it is. And you, you can you can really appreciate it. So uh, Monster Hunter Rise, I haven't put as much uh, time as I wanted to. I mean, maybe about three hours in, but it's definitely um, as enjoyable as you'd want a Monster Hunter to be. And there's been a lot of... Um, a lot of fans saying that they like it more than the world. So uh, this this is a huge title for Switch. Like Japan actually, or I don't know whether it was Japan or China, but one of them made it a, uh, gave gave uh, their employees the day off on Friday just just to play it. So that that, that that's fantastic. Um, then I've I've also still been playing Bravely Default too. Uh, I actually played a little bit today. I got past the um the boss that I was complaining about last week and uh, quickly ran into another boss that I kicked my ass. So there's that, but. I'm also learning more about um, the various jobs you can do because the jobs have different abilities that'll uh, help you out in certain ways of battle. And like one of the skills that you can pick up is um, uh, JP up, which allows you to um, have more job points uh, at the end of every battle. So that allows you to actually maximize your classes early on in the game, and that helps out a lot. Granted, it, it does make it a little grindy, so there's that. But you know. And aside from all that, I rounded out with my usual uh, dailies of Animal Crossing. Um, Bunny Day is coming up on uh, next week again, so you know there's going to be eggs everywhere, and I'm not not looking forward to that. But that's pretty much it. Huge weekend. Okay. All right. So yeah, let's get to some news here. Uh, coming out, I think the first part of this is coming out on the 30th here in two days. Uh, Hitman Three announced mm. their first kind of DLC. It is a seven part. Uh, expansion that they're releasing over the next I think they say four to six weeks uh, for this but it's uh, ba- each of these challenges is based on these one of the seven deadly sins yeah like the first one is coming out is based on greed yeah uh, they're kind of remixing some of the stages in the game so this first one's going to be taking uh, place in Dubai and they're kind of renaming the sort of events they're doing for the month after these sins so they called the first one i think the the month of greed something like that uh but yeah that's uh gonna be fun it's i think five bucks per act here or you can pre-order all seven for 30 bucks uh to get uh, five bucks off of that yeah the okay they're calling it the season of sin uh, mm-hmm. for these next few months here of Updates for this stuff, it's kind of, yeah, it looks pretty neat from what they've shown here. And yeah, they, uh, yeah, the action is all about killing targets to earn piles of gold coins. It features a new escalation mission, which is sort of a series of 
goals for missions where you complete one, like probably to kill a guy, then to be like, oh, you got to do that while dressed like this, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's new layers. So you kind of add new challenge to the, to the main goal, that kind of stuff. So uh, this seems pretty neat. I'm looking forward to this. Mm. Uh, let's see. Also happening here pretty soon. I think this is next week on the seventh and Sunday. No, it's a Wednesday. Uh, Rocket League will be starting season three. Uh, and the nice thing here is that along with the, the typical stuff, they have themes for this, which is NASCAR and Formula One. They're going to be putting out packs uh, with a uh, new car featuring or like based around each of those brands uh, oh. later in the season. Uh, I'm not sure what the, I think the opening one you'll get is sort of a version of the NASCAR car that uh oh, there's like a tesla car too from what this yeah. is shown or no i think it's that might be the tesla i don't know but i think the the main car for this season is called toronto yeah. uh, t-y-r-a-n-n-o it's kind of a version of the diminis hip uh yeah hitbox uh so that kind of kind of a sports car kind of feel to it uh so that'd be pretty nice they've redesigned one of the State, uh, yeah, the, the arena is called DFH Stadium. It's a circuit version, mm-hmm. so it has like a, a race track kind of going around the edges of the stadium there. Uh, so that'll be one of the variants that you can load into uh, anytime you're playing competitive. So it'll be cool. And yeah, they are also doing some other stuff here, like Llama Rama is uh, an event they're doing again, which is mm-hmm. sort of tied into Fortnite stuff. The, yeah. The challenges are a lot less uh, busy than last time. Last time they kind of had this weird escalating where you got one item for the first challenge, then you had to put that item on to complete the second challenge and so on and so on forth until you got all of them unlocked for this like uh, this whole uh, llama loot box style uh, skin stuff for your car. But uh, this time around, it's a lot more simple. I think it's four challenges and then one that you can just repeat. And I got them mm-hmm. already done after a few matches, so it wasn't too bad. Uh, I think they don't mention it here, but I think they do unlock some stuff in Fortnite. At least that's the way it worked last year. But uh, yeah, that is uh, neat. Also something I'm excited about. Uh, something that isn't happening is Back for Blood's summer release. That is the Left for Dead successor uh, from the same team. Mm. They were going to release during the summer with a open beta coming out shortly before that, uh, but now it's been delayed to October 12th. Uh, they did say the beta is still going to be happening in the summer, so now that'll be kind of more of a uh, feedback reliance uh beta there to help round out the game as they head up to launch here in uh October. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah. I guess uh as we've seen over the past few weeks, you know, this thing's gonna be happening a lot. Yeah. Uh, um, bigger small so games. I'm... Go ahead. I was gonna say so this game back for blood, it's basically a spiritual successor to Left for Dead, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, at least that's how it's being sold, I guess. 
yeah, uh, I, I'm excited to see how this goes. Let's be honest. I mean, Left for, the Left for Dead 2, I mean, how long ago was that? It must be like... It was about 10 years ago. Yeah, that game's 10 years old now. Um, definitely looking for something a bit more modern. Okay, 2009, so it's 12 years old. Yeah. Almost. Absolutely. Yeah, because that game came out like a year or two after the first game. And mm-hmm. people, yeah, a year later. And people were mad that they got a sequel that quickly. Mm. All right. Yeah, that is, uh, Backer Blood's going to be happening a little bit later than usual. 2009, that's a couple generations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played that game like back on my freaking, God, it must have been my Xbox 360. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that is, uh, that is that uh, for dates. Uh, we do have a couple announcements here. Uh, and both of these are mobile-focused. One was a bit of a surprise. Uh, Psyonix announced a new Rocket League game called Rocket League Sideswipe for mobile. Hmm. Oh. Uh, watching the trailer, it actually looks pretty genius. They're not adapting the, the, the console gameplay for you know touchscreen. It's a new experience where essentially it's kind of a side-scrolling uh, thing. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry so much about your like 3D movement of your car. Uh, you do get you know boost, scenarial moves, and that kind of stuff that you can perform. But they put the uh, goals on the sort of sides of the of the arena versus mm-hmm. being like a, a soccer goal or hockey goal kind of thing. Mm. Uh, it's two on two or one on one, so a little bit less people. But I think there are yeah. already had some people playing the the early version out there, so mm-hmm. you can kind of watch some of the gameplay itself, and it uh, looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, okay. It says here players in Australia and New Zealand have a limited time regional alpha test on Android mm-hmm. that they can check out. Awesome. If you can figure out how to trick the system into thinking you're in those places, <laughs> you can also check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not Good really too much in the way of details, but yeah, I'm sure the the ping is going to be real shit. If you're oh, playing with other people yes. from that region. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Absolutely. that's the... That looks neat. Uh, Niantic Labs, makers of Pokemon Go, have announced their next game. It is going to be a Pikmin game. Uh, All so right. AR style game. I think the the details they have here, see the Pikmin app will include gameplay activities to encourage walking and making walking more delightful. Mm. Uh, it's supposed to be launching later this year, and they'll be talking more about it here in the next few months. Yeah. So yeah, they take what they did well with Pokemon Go and kind of adapt that for Pikmin. Uh, that mm-hmm. certainly could work out pretty well. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah I'm, and, I'm, uh, I'm still interested in seeing how uh, it'll be executed because, you know, if, uh, for all of you that, that, that have played a Pikmin game, then you know it's mostly about, um, you know, finding all the right varietals and having you use them to help you out throughout the day to get different ship parts. So I can definitely mm-hmm. see them using... Uh, Location-based geotagging to like find various landmarks and having Pikmin like you know 
help you out and, and, and do that kind of stuff. But I'm just wondering how this kind of thing is going to be day to day. And, you know, it's a mobile game. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it has to make money. And, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, um, obviously Pokemon Go is, is as popular as it was, but uh, Harry Potter uh, Wizards Unite didn't see the same uh, or anywhere near the same return. And uh, you wonder how that's going. So it should be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, they uh, have some good ideas over there and some good tech. So hopefully this turns mm-hmm. out to be something neat. Uh, let's talk about They're... something. What's up, Dan? Are they still owned by Google? Niantic? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think they've ever been. So I think they used to work for Google. And then they and then branched off. off yeah. Okay, I was about Niantic. to say, it was like, you know, with, with, if, 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 if that was still the case, that's quite a quite a uh, partnership with Nintendo there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're independent, just working with some of the biggest brands out there. Pokemon mm-hmm. and Harry Potter. Let's talk about something that, uh, as far as I can tell, you're not going to be able to get, despite the news here, that uh, Limited Run Games is bringing over that Astro City mini arcade system that uh, Sega announced a while ago for Japan. Yeah, uh, it's 130 bucks gets you about how many games is this? It's like about 37 36. games. 37, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, a bunch of their classic kind of arcade games. Uh, mm-hmm. You got see the Wonder Boy games, Golden Axe, Puyo Puyo, Columns. Yep, a uh, bunch of different stuff here. The uh, original Virtua Fighter. Yeah. But uh, it being limited run games, they only are bringing over about 3,500 units that are being manufactured with English packaging and all that. And I checked and it's already out of stock because uh, it yeah. went live on Friday morning. So you can dream about getting one, uh, and, just importing and one w- from Japan, I guess. Yeah. And then watch as all the bots, you know, end up buying them up before you get your hands on one. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, something neat that's happening for uh, a select few people. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's talk about something that a lot of people got. Terraria. They yep. asked that they have reached 35 million copies sold. Mm, that is... About half of that was with uh, the PC version. 8.5 million on consoles. 9.3 million on mobile devices. Mm-hmm. Which is a shitload of copies. Oh, for a, God, yes. For like a 2D Minecraft that has kind of done a great job of expanding on that concept. Mm-hmm. Good Lord. That is, that is, that is insane, insane sales right there. Um, yep. Wow. <laughs> And like I said, I mean, it's basically like a 2D Minecraft with Metroid mechanics tied in. And yeah. it, it freaking works, dude. I just want to say that I am one of very few gamers that, that doesn't have any skew of this game at all. <laughs> mm. well, there's still time. And but yeah, several different opportunities. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's get to a game that is coming out here in a few months. The Ninja Gaiden Collection. That mm-hmm. Koei Tecmo is releasing. Uh, yeah. You probably noticed that the versions of one and two are the Sigma versions, 
wondered what the heck was yeah. going on there. Uh, we did get a bit of information about that, uh, which is because the versions of those games are unsalvageable. Mm-hmm. As they talk to the person from Team Ninja here, I am aware there are pros and cons. For me personally, Ninja Gaiden 2 is my debut, and so I have a deep feeling for it, but there's another reason for this choice. To be honest, there are only fragments of the data that remain. We couldn't salvage them. However, when developing Sigma Plus and Sigma Plus 2 uh, for the Vita, we got as much of this kind of data together as we could and organized it because we utilize that... Mm-hmm. Because we utilize... Because we use utilize, that is the reason why we selected Sigma. I don't know what's going on with that last mm-hmm. sentence. But, yep. Wow. <laughs> of course, if you yeah, basically Sigma is a hot topic of debate of whether it's yeah. garbage or perfectly fine. It's uh, slightly reworked and slightly and a little harder than the original was, and the original was already pretty damn hard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is why uh, you know developers and producers need to save their source code and, you know, let that source code go out into the wild because, you know, you don't preserve shit like this. This is what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So that just intensifies the the debate around whether this collection is good or not amongst Ninja Mm -hmm. Gaiden fans because now they get to debate whether uh, they should bother with the Sigma versions or what not. But I imagine yeah. many of them will still check it out because it's it's something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. GameStop still trucking along. Uh, but unfortunately, Reggie Fizeme is not riding that train for too much longer as he is leaving their board of directors. Along yep. with, I think, seven, no, eight other board members yeah. that are going to be replaced at their annual meeting of shareholders in the summer. Yeah. Because they oh boy, can't figure that, out what to do other than change board members, I guess. Yeah, uh, I uh, it, 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 there really is no other way to say it. This is this is the kiss of death, as far as I'm concerned. This is literally only a matter of time before GameStop dies. It's, um, in fact, I, I have a feeling we're going to hear some pretty catastrophic news for that meeting in the summer. Yeah, he's one of the few. Um people on that board with a gaming background and even then his gaming background, it wasn't really much of a gaming background if you ask me, but you know, he did do stuff, good stuff with, with Nintendo. So I'm not going to discount him that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, like, you know, as I don't want to say it's, it's a nail in the coffin yet, just because GameStop represents so much for what video game retail is. But yeah, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. hard to not think that the writing is not on the wall here. Um, and this is one of the reasons why um, I actually have a whole bunch of games that I want to trade in to like make my, uh, next switch purchase uh, more affordable uh but at the same time like who knows how much longer gamestop credit will last like do we think it'll last until the release of the of the switch pro if it ever happens hard to say yeah yeah it's uh depressing but i mean there's no other way to say it i mean like i, I don't know what convinced reggie to join their board in the first place but even more than that i'm wondering what made him want to leave so mm. But yeah, that yeah. is uh, going to be happening here in a few months. Uh, let's talk about a company that is investing more into games. Amazon 
somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't think they've had much in the way of positive news coming out of that division nope. there, but uh, they announced a new Montreal game studio. Uh, mm-hmm. The latest uh, to do so. Uh, that will be working on a multiplayer game uh, with people heading the studio that worked on Rainbow Six Siege. Mm. So certainly a team that knows what they're doing when it comes to multiplayer. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to see how this turns out because that's been the problem with Amazon is not much that they put out games-wise turns out to be uh, uh, good. Yeah. Um, what, what, like, what, just, uh, sort of, I guess we should sort of refresh everyone's memory. What was the last big, uh, release that they did? Uh, what was that multiplayer shooter that launched was terrible. They tried to put it back into beta form and then now oh. shutting down entirely. Yeah, that one. Uh, yeah, they don't even have it listed here on their Wikipedia page. Mm. Yeah, I got one coming. The MMO that Teresa's played, mm-hmm. but they just literally disappeared. This other game, they put out that Grand Tour game that Phil might have been interested in, but I don't think he ended up checking it out. Especially because I don't Crucible. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the so, Crucible. I remember it now. Yeah, that thing like released and then went back to beta and then died in like a year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that yeah. was uh, not great. Speaking of Amazon mm-hmm. and like things that are random, uh, one thing I forgot to mention was uh, I, I I got the uh, the beta for um for Luna, and uh, I installed it on my MacBook Pro and tried to play Sonic Mania, and that shit chugged like a motherfucker. Like, um, granted, I only have a uh, twenty five megabyte internet connection, but you know Amazon uh, said that ten should be fine, but it was unplayable. So. Um, Ending my subscription today. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah so, that's uh, not good. I mean, like, granted, like it's 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 Sonic Mania, so you do expect a certain amount of speed, but it shouldn't take a whole lot to run that game either. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hoping for the best for this team. Uh, hopefully, they can do the thing that none of the others have done. Mm-hmm. Is release a game that people want to play for more than a few minutes. Yeah. But yeah, let's get to the next bit of news here. Microsoft is killing the Xbox Live name. Kind of. They're killing it in terms of the overall name of their online services. Mm -hmm. Uh, So pretty much the only... Xbox Live you will see at this point is for gold. Mm. They're not using it in terms of covering all of their online infrastructure and all that. Uh, they're calling it Xbox mm-hmm. Network. That's with a lowercase n, which is simultaneously triggers my grammar Nazi mm-hmm. in me. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just capitalize the n. Even mm-hmm. if it's not they're ver- like them putting a thing that's like, oh, it's like the PlayStation Network, but Xbox. Yeah. Because like what they're using for like their 
when you're transferring saves between games or your screenshots between drives, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, people have noticed that. Uh, that kind of stuff uh, showed up uh, a little bit ago. If you're in like the preview program, you might have seen some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, let's see. I think they have. There's no logo or branding for it yet, right? No. Like the, the, I don't think there is going to be. The really dumb thing about using a lowercase n is that all of Xbox's branding is completely in caps. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because I think part of what they're doing, because they're getting rid of the free-to-play being under the gold banner, uh, the free-to-play games being under the gold banner, to play multiplayer is, I think, also party chats coming with that. Uh, So you don't have to pay just to talk to people in parties. Uh, which is definitely a big change. and I had forgotten they had that. I think on yeah. PlayStation, you don't need it for that. But yeah, it's kind of this whole transformation they're doing with this stuff to divorce the, the online stuff from the Xbox Live name, I guess. Unless you're paying for gold to actually play the games online. It's weird. Mm. All right. So yeah, that is, uh, that is that. But uh, speaking of playing games with other people... Steam has their remote play uh, feature there, like uh, remote play together is what they call it. Uh, yeah. Games that allow you to play local multiplayer games over the internet. Mm. And it seems like now they have added in one of their recent updates, uh, tucked away in their change log, the ability to mm. invite people that do not have a Steam account to play with you. Mm. I believe you just get a link for this. Uh, to send to them to join the the session. I'm not sure exactly how it works. Yeah. Because it doesn't work for all Steam games, but those that support remote play together. Mm. Which I think to celebrate this whole thing, that they have a big sale going on now for the the many games that support this feature. Mm. So you're going to check that out for some... Games you can play with friends without necessarily having to be in the same room with them. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that is a that is a thing. Kind of the big news of the week has been this report mm-hmm. that suggests that Sony is closing their storefronts for the PS3, the Vita, and the PSP store. I thought that would already shut down a while ago. Mm. Uh, but let's see, PS3 and PSP would be shutting down on July second. Vita on August 27th. Uh, So you would no longer be able to buy new games, but anything you already own, you can keep downloading and all that. Mm. Bit of a surprise, but not really a surprise in the end. Yeah. Uh, Somebody that's tried to get on the PS3 store, it's it's not great. No, it is not. Having to dig into my download list to download the the Ratchet and Clank games I forgot I downloaded or deleted mm-hmm. from my system when I wanted to stream them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a bit of a bit of a time sink trying to mm-hmm. figure out how to get those. Yeah, I'm actually I actually did not know that they were still going. So yeah, yeah, just goes to show you how out of the loop I am. Um, I mean, it's definitely commendable for Sony that they kept it going as long as they did, considering, you know, a lot of people, there are a lot of gamers out there still can't even afford 
a PS4, you know, and uh, yeah. that they were still willing to let this, you know, couple generations old, uh, old, you know, system still chugging along. I mean, that's that's pretty commendable. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually there's just no point to it. Mm-hmm. The kind of old, old framework it's built on maybe has to go down for them to do something mm-hmm. better with it. I don't know. I hope there's an ultimate plan for dealing with all this content that is uh, still tied to these platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to yeah. get around to like expanded backwards compatibility for the PS5 or something for this stuff. Mm-hmm. Put more of it on the PlayStation now, something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, if you, uh, have been slacking on buying stuff for any of those platforms, uh, definitely time to go and do so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like Chris said, like I was already surprised that the PSP one didn't already close down. So, mm-hmm. you know, the PS3 is already up there in age and, um, hopefully the PS4 closure isn't too, is, is, is much, is much more far off, but, um, yeah, I mean, the, the writing was on the wall. This is what you face when you deal with digital content, and which, which is why I'm more of a proponent for physical content, even though I do see its advantages. But um, yeah, like this was inevitable. They, they weren't going to keep these up forever, especially when they continue to see their numbers dwindle every day. Yeah, yeah. we'll have to cool. see if this gets confirmed or not. Uh, so far, I don't think Sony has said anything. I think the rumor mm-hmm. is that they might say something this week in the next few days. I'm trying to remember what came out first, the Wii or the PS3. Uh, they came out within a few days of each other, I think. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why I brought that up is because obviously the Wii Shop channel, like you know, um, ended like months ago. So I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I think Sony is is on cue here. Mm. That's just me. Yeah, yeah. I'm checking November nineteenth, two thousand six, for the Wii. Mm-hmm. PS3 was November 17th, 2006. So, mm-hmm. yeah, two days earlier. At least North America. But, yeah. I'm curious to see what more details there is about this. Yeah. Uh, so, maybe we'll have some more to talk about next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Let's see. Oh, yeah. The Xbox Indie Showcase happened this week. Yeah. Uh, it was a weird event because I was trying to find the archive. It wasn't on Xbox's YouTube uh, channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause it was partially them partnering with Twitch gaming and a few hosts that were doing uh, stuff and kind of broke it up into a number of segments. Mm-hmm. It was kind of weird. Uh, yeah. I was trying to watch and just, Given through a lot of just talking between people uh, about mm-hmm. the trailers they showed or talking to devs. And I feel like it would have been better if they just showed all the trailers up front and then moved to, you know, discussions with devs and all that kind of stuff afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Microsoft put up a list of things they showed. Some of them get articles and descriptions of what they are. Uh, they don't even have like an archive of all the trailers that were shown on the YouTube channel mm-hmm. either. So it's a, a whole weird way that they handled all of this in the, in the, you know, afterwards. 
Mm. but we have 20 games that are coming to Game Pass. There's like 60 that got shown total. Uh, I pulled articles for a handful of the more notable stuff. Yeah. Here, uh, there's Among Us that got talked about coming to Xbox. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that was going to be happening. Yeah, uh, that that's there's... like a no-brainer because that game is so damn popular. <laughs> yeah, so that's coming to. And the plus, it's relatives. Plus, it's also really easy to port. Like it's. Yeah. But yeah, as yeah. far as I can tell, it's not on Game Pass or okay, it does say it is, but I don't think it was on the list of the Game Pass games. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not on okay. this list of the games that are coming to Game Pass from the show. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, let's see. There's Astria Ascending, which yeah, is and I saw a this. game. Go ahead. I, I saw this and I was like, yeah, I want this and I want it now. Yeah, it's an indie JRPG from Artisan Studios. but has uh, a couple of notable uh, Final Fantasy devs that are working on it as well. The, I'm trying to see what the, uh, I think one of the people that worked on Final Fantasy VII Remake is part of this as well. Not just one of the guys who worked on it, but basically one of them pretty much has been the the primary scenario. Yeah, the primary scenario writer for the Final Fantasy series since at least six. So Hitoshi Sakimoto's working on this from Final Fantasy XII and Vagrant Story, uh, doing mm-hmm. the score. Uh, an art from Side mm-hmm. Designation, uh, which has a couple of notable people there as well. So, uh, yeah, I got a group of eight people that are fighting to save the world. You know, typical JRPG story premise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that seems to be coming to everything. All the PlayStations, Xboxes, Switch, and PC. Uh, Steam mm-hmm. and Epic Game Store. Uh, later this year. So that'll be happening. It'll also be on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. I think that is... I think it might just be console version. Yeah. Yeah, just console. Yeah, this one's interesting. Like, I, I definitely respect the pedigree uh, for a lot of the developers who are on this game. My thing is, though, I'm just not that huge a fan of like the... Uh, the side-scrolling JRPGs, like um, I, I, I didn't spend as much time as I'd like on Thirteen Sentinels, but there aren't too many of these that I really liked. So, hopefully, it's there, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, let's see. There's Death's Door, which is from the developers of Titan Souls, mm-hmm. sort of a, a two-man developer, uh, which looks really neat. It's in it. You are a crow with a sword that is trying mm-hmm. to, uh, let's see. Yeah. Set in a world where the crows are in charge of reaping the souls of the dead operating from their headquarters. Notice the hall of doors. And one of the crows gets sent on an assignment to a twisted place where nothing has died for several centuries. Mm-hmm. Has a really nice look to it. And kind of some of the vibes of the, uh, the Titan souls game. Mm-hmm. to it so that'll be out I think later this year there's not many dates on any of these games that they showed uh, so mm-hmm. not really too much in the way of concrete uh, time frames for when to expect them so that'll happen yeah. at some point on the Xboxes and Steam 
uh, one that kind of came out of nowhere, though I hadn't heard of this game beforehand, but Lawn Mowing Simulator. It's yeah. coming out of Curve Digital. Uh, PC, uh, yeah, PC and Xbox uh, mm-hmm. coming out this summer. Uh, if you have, if you're in the Xbox Insiders program, you can get into the beta that starts later this week. Uh, I think Fridays it's supposed to go. Uh, so that'll be interesting to check out. So maybe it's set in the UK. Mm. Yeah, the great British countryside with uh, a number of actual mower manufacturers, I think. Toro, Skag, and Stiga. Yeah. Uh, so that's not the ones that we know here on on the uh, western side of the Atlantic. Yeah, I'm, but... pr- yeah, I'm pretty sure those are purely like European uh especially like EU manufacturers. And what are these people not wearing trucker hats with their brands on it? Mm-hmm. Do not much of a damn about their mowers? Mm. Uh, but yeah, that is uh, something neat and interesting. Could be pretty fun. Yeah, mm. even have a, attachments for your mower, like stripe rollers, mulching kits, grass collectors, recyclers, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. to go on top of that. Uh, this one here, Moonglow Bay, is a fishing RPG that, from what I saw of it, looked like if you took Stardew Valley instead of having it be about uh, farming, it's about yeah. fishing. Yep. Yeah. So you have sort of a community you're in, uh, you mm-hmm. interact with them, uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and try and restore... It's also... Uh, Go ahead. It's also it's also got that sort of weird like Minecraft effect of where it's like uh, three dimensional pixels. Yeah, the voxel look, kind of the was mm-hmm. it the tourist that has that kind yeah. of look. Uh, so yeah, that is. Uh, I wonder if it's going to have actual fish or just come up with with its own weird names. Mm. But yeah, that'll be happening on all the Xboxes and Steam. Mm-hmm. And I'll also be on Game Pass whenever it releases, maybe later this year. Mm. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Uh, let's see. Drinkbox Studios released or revealed their next game mm-hmm. called Nobody Saves the World, where you are nobody. Yeah. Sort of white, androgynous, kind of nobody body, like nondescript body, kind of uh, very cartoonish looking thing. Uh, yeah. And you kind of happen upon this wand that gives you the ability to take on several forms. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's sort of how you get the ability to do combat and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, so you might get like a ranger body that gives you a bow uh, to do more ranged combat, that kind of stuff. It mm-hmm. seems like it's a, a bit more Zelda like as an action RPG with quests and all that kind of stuff to do. So, you know, it has mm-hmm. some neat style to it. As a uh, Jim Guthrie, Jim Guthrie working on it. Yeah. Uh, he worked on super brothers and below. Mm. Yeah. And you can definitely tell. <laughs> yep. So yeah, that'll be on all of the Xboxes, windows 10, as well as mm. game pass uh, later this year. Hmm. Let's see, the last one, or the next one here is uh, Soup Pot that is mm. coming uh, like Sony has Nower, 
which is a weird cooking game. This is also kind of a weird cooking game. This seems a bit more freeform in nature. Mm-hmm. We got ingredients that you can use to try to make uh, a variety of things a uh, bit more realistic in the way it's done. Uh, but yeah, you're kind of just trying things out. See if you can make uh, dishes and sort of figure out how, yeah. to, how this stuff works. Yeah. Um, I, I, I definitely have a, a more uh, intimate uh, feeling with this game. Like uh, the the majority of this development studio is uh, Filipino, and a lot of the dishes are inspired by Southeast uh, Asian cuisine. And you know, um, as somebody who's a, prop- a huge proponent for um, for diversity, it's 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 cool to see um, more people get involved and people be excited for the game. So it's definitely something I'm going to keep my eye on. That said, I'm not sure how uh, engaging it'll be to uh, you know have it primarily be on cooking granted you know a lot of people like cooking mama so i'm wondering how a more realistic uh setting focusing on you know uh non-traditional foods is going to appeal to uh more people but i'm, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this one yeah oh. so it seems like this one's out in august uh, all the xboxes and windows 10 no game pass as far as i can tell so that'll be a thing uh, they also showed off 12 minutes again, saying it's out soon, whatever that means. Uh, but that is on Xbox and Windows 10. Yeah, not really anything new there. It's just kind of showing a little bit more about that game, which still looks pretty neat. as sort of a, a time loop game. That takes uh, 12 minutes per loop. Yeah. And yeah, see. I think they they actually showed twelve minutes a bunch of times in previous uh, presentations, but they've never actually uh, released it yet. But yeah, now now with with this all star cast, I'm 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 even more interested, and I just hope it's you know actually out soon. Yeah, yeah, that's always weird when they use terms like soon, which for some devs means it's out like in a week, or others means like oh, it's out in a few months. That's well, soon because we've been working on this for four years it also has no esrb rating so there's no way you can tell based on that information yeah Mm. but yeah the the last game i highlighted here is a game called the wild at heart it is sort of a 2d game uh coming out of the the humble games label uh kind of has a bit of i guess maybe pikmin or was it the the little king i think it was yeah. On the Wii. Yeah. It was kind of, you had this group of creatures. Little King Story. That, yeah. Uh, Little King stories, like where it's, uh, you're kind of have these uh, group of creatures hanging out with you and you kind of throw them to, you know, pick up items or break stuff, fight enemies, that kind of stuff. Uh, do your bidding, whatever it is. And it has a really nice style to it. Mm hmm. Yeah, Humble Games has really been killing it as far as like um, having intuitive gameplay going on with like um, a really nice visual style to it. Um, this is definitely a game that de- caught my eye during the presentation, and I'm um, looking forward to hearing more about it. Yeah, uh, that has a date of May twentieth. So you're out here in about a little less than two months uh, for the all the mm. Xboxes and Steam in the Humble Store. For twenty five bucks, but also be on Game Pass. So, every way to check that out. And I was looking at the list here, uh, the big list they have of all the games. There's uh, definitely some interesting stuff on this. 
There's one that kind of just went by called Airport for Aliens Run by Dogs, where I think that's more of a visual novel thing, a uh, whole weird thing. But like all the the merchants and such in this shop are run by dogs, but they didn't create like dog models. They're just using uh, pictures of dogs, like mm. like uh, stock photos of dogs, and literally not like even cut so. They cut it just so it's just a picture of the dog. It's like the background and all that too. Just very kind of like clip art looking thing to it that looked pretty Ooh. neat. Uh, what else? There's Art of Rally, which I think in, it's supposed to be on Game Pass. And on the Game Pass list, they put Art of the Rally, which is not the name of the game. So they need to check that. But uh, that is a rally racing game that is very chill because there's no actual racing in it you're just kind of going through these i'm not sure that's procedurally generated environments but you're kind of just going through you know drifting around corners and all that kind of stuff but no real ultimate goal as far as i could tell it's like one of those kind of games just like i just want to sit down and just do a little driving no you know goals ultimately to it that is a uh, seems pretty neat uh, what else do they have here? There's Cloud Gardens. That's similarly kind of a chill game, but you're kind of just building out these environments that uh, get you get kind of uh, like ivy you can put on it, and you can decide how it grows on it. It's it's really weird, but it's like kind of a chill game about like designing environments, that kind of stuff. That's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Uh, what else is on here that was shown? Griftlands is on there, so that's also coming to Xbox alongside Switch. Uh, what else is here? Narita Boy, which I think is out in a couple days. Yeah. Showing that again. There was, let's see here, The Ascent, which is kind of a interesting game. That one is, I think it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah, it is. It's like a post-apocalyptic, or not pop post-apocalyptic, but it's about corporations and like cyberpunk kind of thing. Uh, co-op action RPGs so you can invite friends to play with you. Uh, that kind of stuff. That looks pretty neat. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some decent stuff here, just not maybe not presented in a way that makes it easier to really read up on a bunch of this stuff. But yeah. And the the Game Pass list, they have Sable, which is a game that they've shown a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. Has a really nice art style to it. Uh, what else is on here? Like there is, let's see, Hello Neighbor Two, which had a neat little presentation where it's kind of the AI for the the neighbor that is chasing you is kind of able to learn uh, based on how everybody plays it. So it'll kind of keep it being unpredictable for most people. Uh, also, Boyfriend Dungeon. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen that, that is a very weird game where you are it's kind of a dating sim, but your boyfriend is the weapon you're using. So you go into dungeons and fight with uh, uh, the sword and then grow a relationship to it. It's weird. It's one of those weird kind of games people make uh, on this kind of stuff. They call it a shack and slash <laughs> so you know uh, yeah 
So that's the Xbox Indie Showcase. Has some yeah. good stuff to it. Oh yeah. Not sure, not sure I was a huge fan of the the way they presented all this. Mm-hmm. So you can just go look at the Twitch archive. It's like three hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, the, the, the Twitch archive was like mostly just uh, mostly the the Xbox Indie um, community managers just talking to each other about the different projects, right? And but, the, um, the streamers they hired to host the event. Yeah. But uh, the, the 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 games they showed were were pretty awesome. Like as as far as indie presentations go, this one was definitely up there as far as like games that I know that I'm interested in. And knowing that a lot of them are going to be available on day and date on Game Pass is even more appealing. Um, like uh, Game Pass more than any other um, platform has really uh, made it easy to make these games even more accessible. Um, granted, like I don't have my Xbox on every day, so whenever I um, browse through the, the listings I'm, I'm i'm downloading more than i think i do so yeah mm-hmm. yeah game pass is a great service for downloading stuff you might want to play uh whether you actually get around to playing it it's maybe the the tr- true challenge mm-hmm. uh, but it's a very aspirational service of well, i could play that and you download it and come back another day and like ah maybe not yeah, what was that a ninja game that you and Brandon were playing? Like, I downloaded that, but I haven't even t- turned it on yet. Yeah, Cyber, Cyber Shadow. Shadow. That one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I downloaded yeah. uh, what was it, Octopath Traveler? And I was like, I don't know <laughs> that I actually want to play the whatever 10, 15 hours to get back to where I was on Switch instead of just continuing that because that's a lot of work to do. Yeah, plus it's an, it's an ideal handheld RPG. Mm. Yeah. It looks fantastic on TV, though. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, but yeah. 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 But uh, I think that will do it for this week. Thank you to Brandon and Dan Red for joining. We have another slate of news and stuff to talk about next week. Uh, hopefully, get some uh, really interesting stuff going on because it it seemed like the I don't know. We just got a bunch of random random stuff this week for the most part. Mm-hmm couple of interesting things, but uh, we got the end of the fiscal quarter happening for a lot of companies. Hence why a lot of stuff came out, uh, especially Japanese stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard quite like, a, the Monster quite Hunter Rise doesn't quite have as much of an ending as people maybe would expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but by the time people will probably get to that, for most of them, it'll probably be there in an update. That kind of stuff. So, you know. That's how it goes. Yeah, it's quite a hefty weekend. I was just looking through my um, release notes for things to look forward to after this, and I have uh, Saga Frontier remastered on the 15th, but I can wait on that. And then after that, a week later, we have Near Replicant along with Returnal and Pokemon Snap. So there's a good buffer of time for me to get through with the games I'm playing now if I decide to finish them. But um, I'm happy we get a little bit of a break here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good little break here to actually play something. Mm-hmm. And get Brandon more homework to check out Immortals. Yeah. <laughs> get through his uh Bahala experience mm-hmm. as fast yeah. as possible. There's, uh, there's also Disco Elysium coming out Tuesday or Wednesday. Um yeah. looking forward uh, to that, but I'm pretty sure I'm yeah. Point time. yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah, so We'll probably have things to say about some of these games here next week. And uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see everybody next time. Have a good one.